on We Talk News this week, a pair of Republican congressmen introduced the latest cannabis legalization bill, but will it make the floor? DC's Phil Adams has that story. The largest merger in the history of U.S. cannabis happened this week, and True Leave is the big winner in that acquisition, and Green Market Report's Deborah Borchardt has that story. Another celebrity weed strain has made it coast to coast, and if you don't recognize whose this is, you better go do some homework. We're trucking, going down the road feeling bad while singing Uncle John's band. Garcia, handpicked, is now available on the East Coast. We Talk News is next. We are pro-cannabis media. Hi, everyone. Welcome to We Talk News. I'm Jimmy Young from Pro Cannabis Media. If you've been following the legalization movement at the federal level, you know that only 35% of Republicans support the movement. So when two Republican reps decide this would be a good time to introduce the Common Sense Cannabis Reform for Veterans, Small Businesses, and Medical Professionals Act, you have to be encouraged but then again, upon further review, a few things are missing, like any mention of writing social injustices. Vote Pro Podcast Phil Adams is our DC reporter, and he has more. Phil? Hi, this is Phil Adams from Vote Pro Podcast, here with the Weed Talk News DC Report. Two Republican congressmen have introduced their version of cannabis legal reform to the House. Representatives David Joyce of Ohio and Don Young of Arkansas co-sponsored the Common Sense Cannabis Reform for Veterans, Small Businesses, and Medical Professionals Act. The new legislation would deschedule cannabis entirely from the Controlled Substances Act. Other highlights of the bill include protecting banks serving the legal cannabis industry, allowing cannabis to be sold and shipped across state lines where cannabis is legal, and ensuring access to medical cannabis for veterans. What the bill does not contain, however, is any provision for addressing social justice or reinvesting in communities impacted by the war on drugs. In introducing the bill, Young, a co-chair of the Congressional Cannabis Caucus, decried existing federal cannabis policy as an infringement on individual liberty and the rights of states under the 10th Amendment. Young said, quote, it's long past time that these archaic laws are updated for the 21st century. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, meanwhile, is saying once again that he and his Democratic colleagues in the Senate will be introducing their reform bill shortly. In an interview with The Ringer this week, Schumer reiterated his position that new cannabis banking legislation will have to wait for a comprehensive bill to pass first. Schumer indicated he doesn't want to undermine his bill by allowing reticent senators to vote for more moderate legislation instead, saying, quote, we're not going to bargain against ourselves. Schumer has been working with Senate colleagues Ron Wyden of Oregon and Cory Booker of New Jersey to craft a comprehensive cannabis legalization bill. The U.S. State Department issued a report recognizing the positive effect cannabis legal reform has had on religious freedom in other countries. Their annual report on international religious freedom says nothing, however, about the religious discrimination that persists in the U.S. where cannabis remains federally illegal. 
In countries across the Caribbean, South America, and Africa, the move toward repealing harsh penalties for cannabis has given rise to a reduction in discrimination against Rastafarians, Hindus, and other groups. The report declines to mention the adverse effect cannabis decrim or cannabis criminalization continues to have here in the US, where federal courts routinely reject cases arguing for religious exceptions. Hundreds of thousands of Americans of all faiths are prosecuted for cannabis possession each year. That's the Weed Talk News DC report for this week. I'm Phil Adams from Vote Pro Podcast. Not sure when legalization, decriminalization, or regulation will happen this year, but MJ Biz is reporting now that the industry will add $92 billion to the U.S. economy in 2021. So with that in mind, there's been a major acquisition in the cannabis world as TrueLeave has acquired Harvest. Green Market Report's Deborah Borchart has the details on what is considered the biggest acquisition in weed history in the United States. Deborah. I'm Deborah Borchart, and this is the Green Market Report's business update for Weed Talk News. It was a huge week for True Leave Cannabis Corp. This Florida-based company said it was buying Harvest Health and Recreation in a deal valued at approximately $2.1 billion. The combined businesses will have operations in 11 states with 126 dispensaries, serving both medical and adult-use cannabis markets. Then on Thursday, Truly reported its earnings, saying revenues increased 102% to $193.8 million. We had another big company report earnings this week. Green Thumb Industries continues to flex. That company delivered total revenue of $194.4 million in the first quarter. That was up 89% from last year, and it beat the estimates. The company also delivered net income of $10.4 million versus last year's net loss. Now, in the not-so-great column, MedMen reported its revenue fell to $32 million from last year's $44 million. It also missed analyst estimates. We have a little bit of stock news to cover this week. There's a new U.S.-focused ETF trading under the ticker symbol MJUS. And Flora Growth priced an IPO this week and began trading over at the NASDAQ with the ticker FLGC. And those are your big business stories for the week. Deborah Borchardt will be joining David Rabinovitz and myself on Green Rush Live on Friday's Green Rush Live show after 4 p.m. Now, by the time you see this news show, Minnesota's House of Representatives will have voted on the legalization of cannabis in that state. That does not mean, however, it will pass. One big reason, the Senate in that state is controlled by the Republicans. They are on record of opposing the measure, but advocates are hopeful the bill will at least get a chance to be voted on in that chamber. Now, another state in the Great Lakes in the Midwest is, of course, Michigan. They have a very vibrant cannabis market. And when it comes to vibrance in Michigan and cannabis, I think of Rick Thompson. That's why he's a canicaster for Weed Talk News. Rick? Hello, everyone. I'm Rick Thompson with the Michigan Report for Weed Talk News. There's new guidance from the Michigan Department of Agriculture out last week about the sale of CBD-infused food products in Michigan. Well, it's not new news. They said all this before, but this time it seems like they're really serious about holding CBD companies to a federal standard when it comes to mandated safety testing for food products. 
Federally, CBD is not recognized by the Food and Drug Administration as allowable for human consumption, but the CBD industry exists in the largely unregulated market of products made from legal hemp crops. The guidance suggests that all CBD-bearing food items are forbidden from sale in the state, but as I mentioned, this isn't the first time MDARD has ordered a statewide shutdown. Some people are worried, some are not. Without enforcement, this is just another weak effort at scaring the public away from unregulated use of cannabinoids. Speaking of unregulated use of cannabinoids, Delta-8 THC is very much in the minds of regulators too. The cannabis derivative is a less intoxicating cousin of its more well-known Delta-9 THC and is commonly derived from hemp plants. It involves a difficult extraction process and has never been of commercial interest until now. Because the substance is so new and the method of extraction so difficult, many states have banned Delta-8 entirely, while a few others have chosen to regulate it like the Delta-9 THC industry. Decision time is upon Michigan's legislature as a bill has been introduced to add Delta-8 to the list of items regulated by the Marijuana Regulatory Agency. As this bill winds its way through the legislative process, we'll keep you updated. And that's the Michigan Report with Rick Thompson for Weed Talk News. There's another state that is moving towards reforming its cannabis laws, and that one is Louisiana. Now, late Tuesday, the House of Representatives there voted 67 to 25 to decriminalize cannabis possession of less than one half ounce of weed. Now, if you are in possession of more than that, you will not go to jail, but you will be fined $100. Now that bill goes on to the Senate floor. We move on to Illinois with Normal's Executive Director, Margo Vaselli. Margo? I'm Margo Vaselli from Margawana with this week's We Talk News report from Illinois. The Illinois Cannabis Craft Association is telling us that investors are losing their confidence in the new licenses that were supposed to be rolled out and they're taking their money elsewhere. Investors are being drained in order to stay on top of these license requirements and they're losing hope. Well, I hope that they stay around long enough to see how this new proposed bill will be laid out. Even though last year's licenses were a complete scandal, minority groups have come together to push the state to allow for 110 more licenses to be rolled out the correct way. This will allow the original licenses to move forward and allow for an additional 110 licenses to be offered to social equity applicants with additional restrictions. It isn't perfect, but it's going to get us more licenses that we had originally offered last year. And it'll get us more accessibility sooner to the market, shared representative LaShawn Ford. That's the Illinois Report. I'm Margo Vaselli from We Talk News. For many years, the substance abuse community in the United States has studied cannabis use, looking for reasons to justify its stringent control as a Schedule I drug, and whether or not it really is an addictive substance or not. Over 30,000 studies have been done over the past few decades, and they're still looking for that answer. Now the head of the National Institute for Drug Abuse, Nora Volkow, penned an essay that the federal government should consider decriminalization. In that published opinion piece, she says, drug use continues to be penalized despite the fact that punishment does not ameliorate substance abuse disorders or related problems. Imprisonment, whether for drug or other offenses, actually leads 
to much higher risk of drug overdose upon release, unquote. She then moves on to say that drug addiction should not be penalized criminally, but rather treated as a medical disorder. Caring for patients is what drives nurses, and that includes our own green nurse, Kenna Castor, Jesse Lynn Dolan from Vermont. Jesse Lynn? Thanks, Jimmy. I'm Jesse Lynn Dolan from Nurse Grown Organics and Vermont Cannabis Nurses, and this is the We Talk News Vermont Report. Normal, the national organization for the reform of marijuana laws, has now come to Vermont. Normal is the oldest cannabis reform organization, and the new Vermont chapter supports patients and consumers in their mission to achieve a safe and accessible cannabis market. The Green State Normal team submitted its first ever testimony to Vermont legislators this week. Normal, Normal hopes to centralize the voices of medical patients, providers, and caregivers with the ultimate goal of mitigating the lasting impact of the war on drugs. Speaking of, several social equity bills this 2021 Vermont legislative session have died. One bill would have created a cannabis-specific community social equity program, and another to prohibit discrimination based on hairstyles have both died. The other bill that has gone nowhere relates to racial impact statements, including the proposed legislation for racial and ethnic minorities. According to an ACLU report, racial disparity is significantly larger in Vermont than the national average, with Black people six times more likely to be arrested for cannabis possession than white people. Since 2018, Vermont has seen 471 expungements of marijuana possession convictions, but still has a long way to go. Vermont entrepreneur Ben Cohen, co-founder of Ben & Jerry's, is starting a cannabis business venture in Colorado producing low THC, high terpene pre-roll joints. If successful in Colorado, he plans to expand to Vermont by licensing to Black entrepreneurs. The company's profit will help fund cannabis businesses owned by people of color and nonprofits that work for criminal justice reform, like the Last Prisoner Project. Ben Cohen said its purpose, aside from selling great cannabis, is to right the wrongs on the war of drugs. That's the Vermont Report for Weed Talk News. I'm Vermont's cannabis nurse, Jesse Lynn Dolan. Now it's time to check in on New Jersey as that state slowly creates its own adult use market. Now they have a medical market and the 17th medical dispensary opened this week in Maplewood. Here's New Jersey's Tara Masu with that story. Tara? I'm Tara Masu from Blazin Bakery and this is the New Jersey Report for Weed Talk News. Our 17th dispensary opened up this week in Maplewood, apothecarium owned by the Canadian MSO Terrasen. This is the first of the original six license owners to open all three of their dispensaries, consisting the first one of a vertically integrated facility and two satellites in the same region for Terrasen, that is the northern region. While it's great to have all these new dispensaries open up, residents are still eagerly awaiting the arrival of both adult use and some diversity via social justice and local owners in both physical dispensaries and product selection. Uh, in another city, Atlantic City, we might finally see a long-due revitalization being saved by cannabis. For over two decades, Atlantic City has had aggressive marketing efforts, a bevy of failed casinos, three of which were owned by former President Trump and have been shuttered since. On the Atlantic City boardwalk, we currently have an operating dispensary, The Botanist, 
which is owned by Canadian company Acreage Holding, and the soon-to-be-opened B Dispensary, which is owned by Ianthus slash MPX. Uh, both of these are also publicly traded MSOs. Aside from the current license holders, uh, we have an eye on some new license holders who would be really poised to win in the next round. Most notably, Mafia associate George Martorano. He has the record for being the longest-serving, nonviolent, first-time offender in cannabis, where he served 32 years of a life sentence. George currently owns the Hip Hemp Cafe in Atlantic City, with locations also in Philadelphia and Delaware. This is a CBD dispensary, which he hopes to get a license to have a THC dispensary. He has a really great chance based on having site control with his current location and being a great example of social justice. Also, in Atlantic City, someone else has their eye on a location there, the ever-present cannabis force Snoop Dogg. <laughs> I have been Taramisu, and this is the New Jersey Report for Weed Talk News. And finally tonight, the power of the celebrity brand in cannabis. Last week, we told you about Tommy Chong's pre-rolls entering the Michigan market. This week, it's Jerry Garcia's turn. Now, please bear with me when I explain who the late Jerry Garcia is. I added in the late part because he passed away in 1995, but as any deadhead knows, he will live forever in eternity. He was an original member and lead guitarist for the legendary Grateful Dead band. Now his family is licensing and distributing the Garcia hand-picked line of cannabis. What a long, strange trip it's been toward legalization. The Garcia hand-picked brand is now available at a bunch of dispensaries all over California and now here in Massachusetts. It made a stop at Cultivate in Framingham this week. The Bertha promotion bus has been all over this state as they launch these hand-picked products on the East Coast. Now, we aren't sharing any of the music that was playing in the background since we don't want to violate any copyright laws. However, I could sing a few bars of one of Jerry's favorite songs, Uncle John's Band, uh, but I won't. That'll do it for this week's Weed Talk News. I'm Jimmy Young. Remember, it's a whole new world of weed out there. Use it responsibly. Weed Talk and In the Weeds are two productions of pro-cannabis media supported by Revolutionary Clinics, one of the top medical cannabis dispensaries in the Massachusetts area, now with three locations in Greater Boston, two in Cambridge, and one on Broadway in Somerville. Rev Clinics has a patient-first mission. They will customize your needs as a medical patient with the proper titration and combination of strains, flavors, and products. Rev Clinics, where the patient comes first. Hi, Jimmy Young here, and I have to ask you, are you secure? If you're in the cannabis industry, you have to have security for your grow facility or dispensary. And we are so happy to welcome Salient Systems to our group of supporters. You get to call their rep. His name is Ben Shower at SalientSys.com. So don't even wait an hour. Call Ben Shower at 413-333-7974. Cannabis Media Programming is available live and on demand on our Facebook page at ProCanna Media, on Instagram at ProCannabis Media, on LinkedIn also at ProCannabis Media, on YouTube and YouTube Live on 
ProCannabis Media, Twitter at ProCannaMedia, and on twitch.tv backslash ProCannabisMedia. So like, share, and subscribe to all of our content, newsletters, and shows live or on demand. We are ProCannabisMedia.